Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football, football mashup podcast. As always, I'm your host, Asa Smith, here to talk about all things uh, 11 men on a usually grass field running around with a ball either in their hands or on their feet, as the case may be. Uh, We've got a great episode for you tonight. Uh, We're talking about... uh, the Gold Cup with our friends Ben and co-host Greg. And then we talk a a little bit about uh, what alcoholic beverages various college football coaches enjoy. Um, This week's episode is brought to you by the Anchor App, as always, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group for all of your HR employment law and student NIL uh, student-athlete NIL business needs. Check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. Uh, As a preview of what we're about to say, we were Johnny's on the spot and we recorded early because we're adults and we are professional. And as a result, we didn't know who America was going to play in the first round of the Gold Cup knockouts. So Jamaica rested like four starters and uh, lost to Costa Rica. So uh, America will be playing Jamaica on July 25th. So by the time the next episode comes out, we will have a review of that um, as well as as everything else that happened in the first rounds of the knockouts. Um, as, as mentioned on the Twitter, which you can follow at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, uh, Jamaica have the best probably outfield player and goalie left in the tournament in Leon Bailey and Andre Blake, respectively. So uh, anyone listening here who thinks like, oh, Jamaica will walk through them, um, that's not the case. And you should be, uh, if not worried, then certainly respectful of the team that we are going to be going up against because they are as talented as anybody else. But with that all having been said, uh, let's go back in time to when we didn't know that and we talked about the review of the Canada game and and Ben's ratings and uh, a little bit of a player preview of the knockout rounds. How you doing, Ben? Uh, I'm better, I hope. So for those of our listeners who don't understand what that reference is, it's because we already recorded this once. And due to the wonders of crappy Wi-Fi on my end and on Ben's end, it didn't work. So this is this is technically take two. Am I sounding better now? 
you always sound angelic to me. How you doing, Coach? <laughs> I'm doing well, and I appreciate you guys not throwing my Wi-Fi under the bus because there's just as good of a chance that it's mine as it is the rest of y'all's. That's fair. Although it's well known that um, that North Carolina Wi-Fi is better than the rest of the world. Yes, as longtime listeners of the pod know, my audio is always perfect. <laughs> Especially when you're driving from your mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so first things first, um, let's let's talk bourbon. What what are what are our thoughts on Blade and Bow? All right, so uh, basically, charge you fifty dollars because whatever conglomerate owns them bought the Stitzel Weller Distillery, which was the distillery opened by the Van Winkle family in the '30s. So it's not really associated with anything that they made, but they still get to stamp the name on it. And honestly, the bourbon's pretty good, but uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd pay $50 for it again. Uh, and certainly not whatever it is for Pappy. What, what is it like 3,300 or something? I don't even know. But again, that's actually not even distilled there anymore. That's made by the actual Van Winkle family, but I think Buffalo Trace makes it now. Wait, so, so, so this is just like super high end Buffalo Trace. I, I don't know. I've read it's like a the, the what's his name Julian Van Winkle like has chosen the the blend of barrels that goes into it and I don't know. You can read about it if you want, but I was yes. gonna say that doesn't sound right. But I don't know enough to actually argue with you. <laughs> I mean, fine. I'm I'm gonna tell you this. Like it's it's one of those those drinks that like I would love to try once and I would never buy. Yeah. yeah, there's actually a very funny story. The reason I even know any of this is I recently read Pappy Land, which if you've listened to like the last two episodes, I keep bringing up because I'm insufferable. Um, <laughs> but um, the the Van Winkle family, like when they drink their bourbon, they order it on the rocks with a twist. And uh, they went they went to some high end bar and um, one of the Van Winkles ordered it like this. And the bartender refused to serve him. They said this bourbon is too good to serve like that. <laughs> and the guy was like uh well my grandfather would be very interested in your take on that <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's delightful good job random bartender um so speaking of uh things that i don't know i don't know how to segue from from l- with lemon and a twist or on the rocks with le- like whatever that was a rocky performance let's talk about matt turner <laughs> There we go. Very professional. Seamless. <laughs> okay, so so um, Ben, you have your your ratings up, which is um, you know everybody. I'm, I've, I've already said it, but go check out halfspaces.com. But um, we're gonna start sort of uh, goalie and then move north, I guess. Uh, so Matt Terminer, what do you, what do you think? Good game, bad game, nothing game? Yeah, I mean, kind of average. Uh, like. Expected goals in the um, in the article, and I think it was like 0. 0.62, 0. 0.65 or something for um, for Canada. He just didn't have a ton to do. He made like one half decent save on like an attack coming from his left. Um, you know that uh, Pines put a guy in on him, but he just you know scuffed the shot at him. So um, you know he was fine. N- nothing crazy save wise or distribution wise. Just you know did his job. And that's, I mean, I think that's one of those things that, like, it's good to to rewatch or, or reassess your watch because, like, during that game, if you had asked me how many shots on goal Canada got, I would have said, like, eight. And I think ultimately they got, like, two that were actually, like, legit shots. 
Um, right, they right. they had the ball a lot and just, I mean, didn't do anything with it. They're pretty incompetent attacking wise. So yeah, they pushed it past the half line a lot, but they didn't really get into the last third very well. Uh, at us, Canada fans, you guys can't <laughs> score without Jonathan David. Asterisk or Alfonso um, Davies or. <laughs> I rock it all out or well, you know, whatever, whatever. We all play with the team that's there. It's not our fault, you guys. Suck. Until CONCACAF changes the rules for you. We'll get there. We're gonna talk about it, I promise. Um so let's talk about the uh the center backs now. So um one of the big things with this tournament beyond winning was like finding dudes who can do a job. Do we have a dude who can do the job beyond behind John Brooks? Again, I think we need more data, but um, Miles Robinson did a really good fireman impression. Um, I generally think the way, at least in a two-man back line, the way Burhalter has preferred it is he likes one distributing center back, more or less, which is you know John Brooks or uh, Tim Ream, usually. And then that right center back has been usually Aaron Long, who is you know really good, rangy, defensively, um, that sort of thing. And that's kind of what Robinson was able to do um, was able to do in the Canada game. Like he was just, he, I didn't give him hardly any points on offense, like nothing transition offense or in a possession, but nine and a half out of the 10 and a half points I scored him on were either transition defense or out of possession, which, you know, means Canada has the ball. So he's just very good defensively. And like when your job is defending, <laughs> there are worse things than to be really good at being really good at defense. Yeah, yeah, and I'm uh check out halfspaces.com because Ben, I'm staring at your first gift right here of uh Miles chasing down Buchanan in the 50th minute. And I think this is a good example of what you're talking about. He's like facing, you know, forward when the ball comes near him and then he just turns, you know, turns and turns on the afterburners and kick and uh gets the ball back to Turner. Right, if you were evaluating a safety prospect, you'd say he's got loose hips or fluid hips or yes. whatever creepy descriptor you want to use. <laughs> Miles Rob, I, I mean, and it's it's a funny thing though because it like it actually does look like a cornerback in phase. Like it's like okay, he's on top of it, he's in trail, and then he makes his move and he's he's there. Um, so you know, not to do that thing that every single American does, but like, man, it would have been cool if Darrell Rivas played center back. <laughs> uh, you know, like there, there's a lot of dudes who who could have done this really well, but anyways. Um, so what, what did you think about the other center backs? Um, obviously there's not a lot of data on Walker Zimmerman. Um, right. but James Sands, do we want to talk about him here or in the midfield? Because I have thoughts on that. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're putting together a 23 man roster, a guy who can do a good job at two positions is pretty useful. And... Don't add us about Kellen Acosta. We don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, in fairness, I don't think Kellen's game was necessarily completely his fault yesterday but we can get to him later yeah um, um no but so 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 the, there were there were two other center pure center backs who, who we should talk about first i actually i sort of want to talk about james sands as a as a midfielder what do you think about that i mean move, move him up there why not yeah because i've i've thoughts about sort of how he played and whatever but so let's talk about walker zimmerman and then donovan pines um we you know in our rapid reaction we we, we were not so kind to mr pines um, but let's talk about it. All right. So Zimmerman, there's just really not much to say other than I hope he's okay. I mean, he seems to be pretty important for starting attacks for the U.S., and I, I haven't heard anything there on him. Has there been any update that I've missed or something? I haven't seen anything, Coach. Okay. I haven't seen anything either. Um, and as far as Pines goes, like, he had 
So probably like the two moments that stick in your brain are like the back pass to the Canadian attacker. I forget who it was. Uh, Cavallini, maybe. He I, was I, th- I, I think it was Osorio. Okay, but whatever. He was awful. Scrub, scrub that <laughs> shot. And then um, he had another one that was also almost as bad. But he like, so on the second one, I actually gave him a negative. I gave him a negative three on both turnovers. But the second one, he got a negative three for the turnover and then a plus two for like a really nice recovery. He was kind of able to like get back and save it. So like those two moments sticking your mind is like, wow, this guy is a disaster. And like he kind of is, but like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe not quite as big a disaster as he is being portrayed on Twitter. So like I would well, if, if he's starting again, I'm gonna be like, oh, no, I'm nervous. But like, I don't know. Again, I think that we we're, we're not going to have that situation because um, CONCACAF be CONCACAF. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I, th- I actually think that, that it's, it's interesting because you talked about the left center back is the, the distributor and the right center back is usually the, the destroyer, for lack of a better term, you know, with Aaron mm-hmm. Long and John Brooks. But it could be that, like, the reason that Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman play so well together is because they're just they're doing the same thing, just on the inverse. Um, yes, you know, right. Yeah. Like, you, you've, got a, you've got a guy who can cover and a guy who can start attacks and Donovan Pines can't start attacks. So right. you need someone at that right center back who can do it and and we'll talk about you know maybe james sands being a pure right center back is an option i don't love it but we'll get there um so i guess i guess now let's talk about the the fullbacks um you know in your in your assessment i i want to say just sort of my thoughts here um you know because we had the same issue with vines in this in the first game it's like you score just because you score immediately doesn't mean you had a good game and i love Shaq Moore. i i think that he's really really good i think that he is gassed and yeah, outside I would mostly goal, agree with that. Yeah, outside of the goal, I, I thought that he because he had one like atrocious moment. Was that I think he had like or I think it was him that like the like really early in the second half. Um, yeah, I don't have the grades up in front of me, but I, I know he he scored early and then his grade just kind of stayed about the same for the rest of the game. So he didn't do anything much after that. Just kind of like a good moment, then a bad moment and a good then a bad. Yeah. I think he did exactly that. I'm looking at it, and he's got a three rating, which I believe you said you give a three for goals, right? Uh, depending on the goal, it, I think he, I made a, he it was either a two or a three for the goal. His goal, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. he, I mean, he he played I think like 60 minutes and got a plus one the the, the last 59, if that. Right. Honestly, I like I don't know if you noticed it, but once Reggie Cannon came in, like he was playing some pretty good passes, like diagonals from right back into midfield that just weren't there when Moore was playing. So I, yeah. I thought that Cannon was a noticeable, like, I, I'm not trying to knock Moore. I know he's popular because he plays in Spain and he's new. But um, but I thought Cannon was a noticeable upgrade when he came in. And it could just saying, Asa, that um, Cannon was obviously much fresher coming in yeah. and playing, you know, at the, the third group game when everybody else has a ton of minutes on their legs. Yeah, I think I think, I think Moore's gassed. He's in, he's in preseason, you know, I, I don't know when, the second La Liga, I don't even know what it's called. The second division in Spain ended their season, but if if they ended around the same time, I mean, he's been off since yeah May, May early yeah. May, yeah. late, late <clears throat> April. So and I believe you know, it's called La Liga two. Ah, okay, La Liga dos. Uh, <laughs> yes. Wait, I don't know how to do ordinal numbers in Spain in Spanish. What's how do you do ordinal numbers? Explain what an ordinal. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Se- I have no second, idea. Second. Second versus. I know what two. it is. It's segundo. Segu- oh, that makes sense. 
Ah, I think you're right. I think it is the Segundo División, or however you say it. All right, cool. Uh, your Spanish language uh, lesson of the week. So, okay, so <laughs> I, I, I also thought that Canon looked a lot better, um, but I'm, I'm sort of a Canon stan. I, I've always really been a big fan of his. Um, so I'm, I, I, I was happy to see that. I do want to see him, if we're going to stick with the three center back backing, I want him to be the, the right center back. Um, yeah, I would. If they didn't, if they didn't let us replace players, I think we might have an honest shot at it. But I don't think we're going to if they if we bring in a new center back or two. Yeah, but we can even discuss who that's going to be. But we'll get there. Um, so uh, let's talk about Sam Vines, everybody's least favorite left back for some reason, um, who I thought was killer. You know, on on rewatch, I thought that he was the, he was the you know he was a really really good defender. Yeah, he came out um, like for the third highest grade for me, but it wasn't like an amazing performance. I don't feel like he offered much going forward. He was kind of in the Miles Robinson school. Um, just he he defended really well. Like maybe he maybe like there is something to that the defensive reputation he's got with the Rapids and locking down Vela and all that. So yeah, I just thought it was a solid you know defensive performance from Vines without a ton of uh, without a ton of cutting edge, if you will. Yeah, I and and to be fair to him, like there were a couple times he tried to get forward, but he just couldn't do it because Sebastian Legette, and we're going to start talking about the midfield. Um, you know, on, on, again, on further review, and we talked about it immediately. Like he just didn't look like he wanted to be there. Well, I and, know like, there almost, was a moment think... where he he passed it, and Vines was trying to get forward, and it just like wasn't there. Right, I I know exactly the player you're talking about. And I don't even I must have watched that play twenty times trying to figure out. Like, do I dock a point from Legette? Do I dock a point from um, Vines? And I finally think I just let it go because I couldn't figure out, or maybe I, I've been doing half points lately. I don't know. So sometimes if I if I can't figure it out or if I feel like it's like a shared thing, I don't know. I couldn't figure out if it was miscommunication, if Vines made the wrong run, if Legette wasn't paying attention. I don't know. Yeah, but but so talking about the midfield, um, you know, like I, I was, I'm a big Legette fan. I've le- defended Legette a lot. Uh, in the in the Twitter discourse, um, he didn't have a good game. He he, as far as I'm concerned, he was he was a net negative, um, and that could have been because he was playing in a midfield that I don't I, I don't know that he's ever played before. I, I don't know that we have any evidence that he's ever played in a five three two before. Um, but I was not happy with uh, Lejet. Well, I remember when we did our reaction pod and we said what we think of the midfield, and somebody's reaction was what midfield? Yeah, and like on rewatch, that was pretty much the case. Like. Um, I think when I, so when I grade games, basically like each event, whether it's positive or negative, like counts as like a a tally or whatever. And I've graded games where individual midfielders have in the twenties of events. I don't, I don't have like the, the all time high in my brain or whatever, but the entire U S midfield had 23 events as like a three man group. So like they just weren't involved. They weren't doing anything good or bad. They just were getting passed through from just the, there yeah um, like and, practice and, cones yeah and and i i actually i'm gonna steal a little bit from our friends over at scuffed but um i was listening to them last night and and i think that what one of them said was like if one person in the midfield has a bad game that's a bad game if everybody in the midfield has a bad game that's a that's a tactic like right. that's a scheme problem because nobody knows what they're doing like i don't think busio legit and acosta are all bad players and if they all right. have a nothing or an, an invisible game like that's a that's a that's a scheme thing. That's not a player thing. 
Well, right. and for a long time, I was like, well, you know, Legette's not that good. Legette's not that good. And then finally, like, he puts strings together enough performances with the U.S. team. And I'm like, well, I guess I was wrong. So I finally, like, jumped over to, the, oh, Legette's a pretty good player. And now, I don't know, he just seems a beat behind, like I said before. And he seems like a guy that can fit in with other good players without being the best player in that group. Like, yeah. if you're going to count on him to be the best player in the midfield, it doesn't seem like it's going to go great. You're going to have yeah. a bad time. <laughs> He's more of a complimentary piece than somebody to build around. Which you right. Should. You could, like, you could drop him off in a midfield with two other very talented players, and he's not going to look out of place. Right. But if you put him in there with two players who aren't as good, he can't carry them. It's kind of like, a, I don't know if you remember this, when, when Klopp was um, just starting to introduce Pulisic into like Dortmund training when he was like 16 or 17, like his comment was, he doesn't look out of place. So like, yeah. you could tell that, I, you know what, he was good. So I feel like you could maybe do that with Lejet. He's not going to look bad. He's not going to look out of place in a, in a good midfield. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, but before we get fully into the midfield discussion with Legette and Acosta and, and Busio, um, I, I want to talk briefly about, uh, James Sands. And I say briefly because I feel like we gave him a lot of flowers on the, the rapid reaction. Um, and I want to just sort of introduce this as, as James Sands midfielder. Um, it, it looked like a three, three man back in, in defense, but in possession, he was, he was playing that six distributor roles. So like, I, I felt like he, you know, his ability to step up into the midfield and distribute in a way that Jackson Ewell or Busio or Adams are conceivably or potentially able to do so was, was a really big positive. Um, and defensively, I didn't think he looked out of place. So what, what do you, what do you got, Ben? Um, I, I pretty much agree with that. Yeah. He was definitely a center back at a back three out of possession. And in possession, he would step up and be that defensive midfielder. He wasn't, like, making runs into the box or anything, but he was, you know, up there facilitating possession and whatever. But, um, yeah, I I enjoy him being on the field. He makes me feel safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, when other – when things get hectic, I feel like he can kind of – you know, like, when a, a quarterback moves in the pocket and doesn't necessarily get out of the pocket, but he, like, moves and buys a second to throw the ball? Russell yeah. Wilson? Yes. Like, I feel like Sands has some of that to his game. Like, he can just take two, three dribbles to the right, open up a lane, and then find a way out. Or he'll pass and move, and then all of a sudden he's open, and then things are calmer. So, again, I've pointed this out. Like, he has athletic limitations. Like, that play you were talking about with Robinson um, just stoning Buchanan. Like, James Sands got just blown past. Burned, yeah. On that play. So Yeah. Like, he's not Tyler Adams. You can't just put him back there and say, cover half the field. And he's like, all right, I got it. But he's super smart. He makes really quick decisions. And, like, we could do much, much worse at the number six. Yeah. <laughs> even I, even on our roster. I was going to say, he seems like the most level-headed almost. Where, when I'm watching him, he's one of the few players where it seems that he's thought about every move he makes instead of just simply reacting to what's around him. And, you know, sometimes you need somebody that can read, like the Miles Robinson's a perfect example. Sometimes you need somebody that can react to that. But there's other times where you want somebody who's given thought to, you know, not just his move, but the move that's going to be, that's going to counter his move and then his counter to that counter. And he always just seems like the most level-headed, you know, one of the most level-headed guys on the field. Right. There's more than one way to be fast. Like you don't have to be 
physically fast. If you know where the ball is going to pop out before the other guy, you can be there first. Right. And if you play fast, then you look faster than you are. So like moments where he's in one-on-one coverage, like, you know, again, to use the cornerback example, like he's not going to do well because you're asking him to, to go up athletic again, you know, athleticism and athleticism against Buchanan. And he's just not going to be successful, but he is like, even in that moment, like he did drift just inside enough that Buchanan had to play on his outside foot. And then boom, Robinson's there. And Robinson knew that he wasn't going to cut in because Sands was in the right spot. So, you know, that, that ability to work together did, did look good. And I, I think that, you know, again, we're talking about players who, who you can, who you can trust on the, on the senior team, on the big boy team. And I think that Sands is, is very quickly playing himself there. Right. And there's like a moment where I, I think it's Busio plays kind of like a, a crappy, like weak pass backwards. And it could have been like a, a chance for Canada, but Sands is like there just a split second ahead of the Canadian defender and saves it. Or is that the one where he hurts uh, Akinola? I don't know. I forget. But yeah. somehow he manages to rescue it because like he's just on it that quick. Yeah, it was the, it was the one it was the one with where he hurts Akinola. I, yeah. I don't want to say he hurt Akinola, where Akinola got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was a back pass from Busio, and and he thought Pines was going to get it. Yeah. Um, and then like it was clear that he was not going to get it, and so and like there wasn't like that half step of oh shit, like yeah. he just like moved, like he knew like oh okay, all right, cool, and he 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 saved the play, and, and who knows if he if he if he would have saved a goal, you know, because right. Akinola is an actual forward, which Canada does not seem to have in spades these days. Right. Um, so in terms of Busio, Acosta and Legette, we talked about Legette a little bit, but in terms of the midfield, I, I, there wasn't a lot, like you said, there wasn't a lot that happened. And I don't want to, I don't want to make pronouncements about what happened because, you know, have we ever seen any of them play in a five, three, two or, or, or a three, five, two. Right. It's the same thing as like trying to draw conclusions from the Olympic qualifying team. When nobody looks good, how do you draw any conclusions? Right. If nobody looks good, that's on coaching or on talent level. And, and, and we, we've seen all of these players in different spots look really good. So it's on talent. Um, you know, so it, I, I, I mean, like I hate to be like a, a hashtag Burhalter out and I'm not, but like you can't put people in a, in a two striker setup that they've never played before. And that, because that, that changes what the midfield does, you know, Um, like the, the, the interactions, the rotations, everything like you've, you've removed a winger from the midfield and put them as a striker. And and look, DK and and Zardes are both willing guys, but they're not midfielders who are, who are, who are working together defensively or offensively. Right. And they're not guys who can drop back and help the midfield. Right. Like both of them are not known for their amazing first touch. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, right, like, neither of them is Sargent. Like, Sargent right. will come back and be essentially an attacking midfielder. Um, you know, Hoppy did that a lot um, in this game right. and others. Right, um, Josie, Ferreira, yeah. um, whoever. If you brought somebody like that, then, yeah, you can help them out. But those guys are just cross it to me, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so, so I don't I don't really want to get super into the, the midfield. I don't think we need to talk about Jackson Ewell because I don't want to. <laughs> is that fair? I'm good with not discussing him the rest of the tournament. Cool. <laughs> Come on, man. We give him a little bit of time every episode. It's only fair. I think we're good now. <laughs> we have mentioned him and we can move on. All right. So I was, I'll, I'll say this about the forwards and then, and then we'll talk about Roldan and Hoppy in a second. But I was, I was pretty disappointed 
with both with with DK and Zardes. Um, Zardes, I think, was more active and tried to do more good things, um, but ultimately his his one big opportunity went nowhere, and I can't remember DK having a great opportunity either. Well, I think Zardes looks a little bit better just because he knows Greg's system and he knows which runs he wants him to make. So he's going to pop up in good places. Like I think the one chance you're talking about is towards the beginning of the game. He had that kind of glancing header. Yeah. Uh, But again, like, you know, he's not, he's not going to like drop, you know, make a clever turn and play somebody into space. So if he's not getting the ball, you know, on a cross or played out in front of him, it's just not much is going to happen. Right. Um, and hopefully DK is okay. You know, he, he, it seemed like he hurt his shoulder a little bit towards the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how much of that was actually him hurting his shoulder and how much of that was conca caffing. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> because on first glance, it like, he, he looked like he hit, hurt his eye and then he hurt his shoulder, which, which always to me is like, well, well, yeah. <laughs> um, trademark pending. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so in, in and then you know Roldan, I I didn't think did anything. I don't remember you know when when I rewatched and I'll admit my rewatch was like in the background while I was doing other things. Um, so I I don't remember him doing anything. And Hoppy, as always, was like, "Hey, maybe this dude should play more." I don't know. Yeah, that, he has surprised me. He has uh, shown like I watched him as Shalka like everybody else, but like learning from Shalka was difficult. So. Um, <laughs> He has looked pretty, pretty good on the wing. And I was saying some, but some, I forget who on Twitter, but like, it almost looks like the, like the left attacking spot and the right attacking spot. You can almost tell they're like designed for Pulisic and Reyna. Cause that, that like right attacking spot seems to like want to drift in. And that left attacking spot wants to get forward. So if you want to put like, you know, if you want like a homeless man's imitation of Christian Pulisic on this roster, like I don't know, maybe a toppy. I don't know. And they they seem to be fishing buddies, so that works out too. Yeah, they seem to like each other. <laughs> we're we're not talking about the fishing video. I don't want to do it. Um. Yeah, not talking about it. Okay. Uh. So, it, and and in terms of in terms of Hoppy, I think that it's it's what's interesting about him as a as a left winger is that he actually he does the types of things that we sort of want our striker to do conceptually, which is like run in behind and do, you know, make those runs, make clever passes, make clever shots. But in this system, it appears that that's more of a, a winger role, you know, Christian or, or um, I guess when he's played Aronson, but Aronson seems to want to get in inside more than, than Christian and yeah. maybe way up, maybe way is the better, the better comparison. Right. Um, and like, if you think about the ways to like make space to attack, like if the forward is going to, you know, kind of run deep and drive the defender back, that should create space underneath for somebody to like go into. Or if they, the forward drops in, then those wingers should run into the space created by like the, hopefully the center backs follow the forward, the, the forward into midfield. And that player would then run into that space, but neither, Neither Zardes nor um, um, DK were creating any of that space to run in behind. Right, like they they seem to want to play like like old school hold up ball, but but neither of them have a good enough touch to do it. And like, look, like, there's a lot of discourse about Josie that's toxic, but you know what he was really really good at? 
getting the ball on his chest and not letting people around him. And I think DK needs to learn how to do that better. Right. I mean, say whatever you want about Altidore, but like that guy was talented. He could, yeah. he had such a soft touch. And I think like he got the reputation of being like big target man, but like he was, when he played with Giovinco, he was the one that liked to drop in and you know, the five foot four Italian guy ran in behind. Yep. So like he, he is very good at controlling the ball and then people having people play off of him. Yeah. And, and I think people don't understand that like part of being a really good target man is that the, when the ball comes to you, it doesn't bounce five feet in front of you. Right. Like, you get it. You have a good touch. You control it. And then you let people run off or you, you know, go down either way. Yeah. Um, so, so we need to talk about like, in terms of, of previewing the knockout rounds, um, we are recording this before we know whether it's Jamaica or Costa Rica. It doesn't really matter as far as I'm concerned, um, because both should be a win and both, uh, are not absolutely, uh, guaranteed to be wins. Both of those teams are good and talented and want to win. Um, and I think the best player left in the tournament is Jamaican. So yeah, it's Leon, Leon Bailey, when he cares is pretty good. Leon Bailey, comma when he cares. It's like yeah. a, it's like the, the the best center back in the tournament is Walker Zimmerman, comma with time. Right. <laughs> well, if you've ever watched Leon Bailey with Leverkusen, like you'll watch a game, you're like, this guy should be playing for Manchester City, and then the next game, you're like, is is he playing? I mean, is, is he on the field? <laughs> this guy should be playing for Schalke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should be playing for Schalke. Like that's <laughs> we don't even say that about our opponents. Come on. Um, but so in terms of of previewing it's it's somewhat hard to preview because we don't know who's going to be on the team because uh i wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't be shocked if um jackson Ewell came down with some sort of uh lower foot bunion issue and yeah. suddenly paxton pomacall is in, the, in is in the team well you're uh, supposed to complain about back issues if you want like right. an undiscoverable injury right <laughs> yeah uh is, is back issue. so so to 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 our listeners who don't know this um CONCACAF, because it is eternally concacaf uh, said that now, mid-tournament, uh, you can do injury replacements. That's not a thing that happens in big boy tournaments, um, <laughs> ever. Uh, and, and it's, like, conce- conceptually about COVID, but they didn't make it COVID-specific. So... Uh, well, and that, you know, that used to be just like a regular rule about the tournament. It was like you play the JV in the group and then you bring in the bring in the veterans for the knockout stage. But right. I guess they re- had regret or something. <laughs> they, they missed the good old days. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that we might need a new right center back, um, you know, if Zimmerman can't go. And I think that that your options there, you know, everybody wants it to be Justin Shea. It's not going to be like I want it to be. It's not going to be. Well, what's Miazga, what's Matt Miazga doing these days? training at Chelsea. So he's not going to play for them. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, so I think that, that probably Miazga is at Chelsea so that they can loan him out again and can continue screwing around with his career. Right. Uh, which is so screwed up. Like, I'm sure he gets paid really well because he's technically a Chelsea player, but it's so messed up that they like, won't just let him go. Yeah. I don't like know. he's, He's not part of their plans. It's clear he's not part of their plans. Just, like, let him move to Brighton and Hove Albion and let him be a starter for the next 10 years. Well, I don't think he's good enough that anybody will actually pay, like, 5 million euros or whatever. They're like, yeah, we'll take him on loan. But no, we're not going to actually buy him, buy him. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. It's like, yeah, we'll take him for two years. Well, do you want to give us 10 million euro? No, no, we don't. Yeah, not, not that bad. <laughs> Uh, which I think is, is also like Cameron Carter, Carter Vickers, another player who he actually started for Tottenham with none of their players, but started for them in a friendly 
So who are the players that are theoretically injured enough that they could need to be replaced? Zimmerman, DK, and Ariola, And Lewis. <laughs> Does injured confidence count? Uh, I mean, his injury is dash sucks. You know, like... like <laughs> Like, DNP you know, sucks. Yeah, like like you know, uh, uh, the San Antonio Spurs used to do like DNP old. Yep. Yes. Oh, uh, I like. I think I think Jonathan Lewis like DNP sucks. DNP um, coach took a bat to his knees. <laughs> By the way, we have not brought this up, and I feel like it's really an oversight. I feel like U.S. fans don't appreciate enough that we have a player on the team named Ariola. Oh, I think about <laughs> it all the time. <laughs> Like when I tell my wife, they're like, she's like, what, really? That's his name? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, look, like we, there, there are only so many ways you can just be like, yeah, that Ariola, like, is a real boob move. Like, we're better than that. No, we're not. We are not better than that. <laughs> yeah, no. We personally know multiple Hymans, and trust us, we've made some puns there. Man, we could have had the Hyman Ariola midfield if things went differently. Oh, <laughs> we were this close. Um, Someone pointed out on um, on Twitter, and I don't remember who it was. I'll I'll try to figure it out. But um, if Kobe Kobe Hernandez, yes. Kobe Foster Hernandez, does well, we could have a Shaq Kobe fullbacks pairing. That that might be, <laughs> I think that might be Alex Lombardi. I I would have to look to be sure, but I'm, I I think that might be him. Okay, so if it was Alex, we will we will figure that out and add shout you out and Alex. If, and if it wasn't, then uh, whoever it was, we'll we'll try to figure it out. We're but very sorry. We're very sorry. Um. So I, I think that that's like the, the, the funniest possible pairing that we could have. What, what, what other pairings could we have? Um, do, do we have anybody in the, in, the, in the group that's a Castro? Because I think having a Che and a Castro would be fun. Well, that would be good. <laughs> there is also, I believe, a goalie somewhere in the youth system named Abraham Lincoln. Wait, really? No. I'm, I'm like, nine, well, I'm 100% sure that player exists. I could be wrong on, I could be wrong on the position he plays. Uh. Yeah, so at Abe Lincoln, uh, <laughs> you want to – wait, hold on. We, we could have a, a goalie room of Abe Lincoln and Matt Turner. Not Matt Turner, but Matt Turner. <laughs> oh, all right. We're, There's got to be a stressing. Kennedy in there somewhere too, right? There's probably. <laughs> I, well, I, I think that we should, we should stay with the theme of, um, of Civil War heroes. So uh, hold on. I, I don't want to talk about him more, but can we start talking? calling him stonewall jackson no (laughs) somebody not just to go full pun here somebody on twitter said that uh if uh, joe scally brings a girlfriend that'll be the scally wag see i yeah anyhow I don't feel good about that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, my problem with the Shaq-Kobe pairing is, is it good if one of your center backs asks the other one to eat his ass? <laughs> How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out, completely free. Completely free, but they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? 
You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can't. I can't. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrell. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need a second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. Are what more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What, what do you want? Um, so here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're... we're we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So. Dear for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Man. How you doing, Coach? Doing well. How are you doing? Oh, you know, just another day in paradise. Uh, well, you do live in Southern California, so I guess I can't argue with that too much. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I, it, it's funny, like, you're used to, like, when you say that in the, the upper Midwest, it's like, ah, you are being sarcastic. But in, the, yep. in Southern California, it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's close. 
<laughs> yep, in the upper Midwest, that is definitely perceived as sarcastic most of the time. Because I think it is. I think it is. It's just uh, upper Midwest Midwesterners making each other feel better. I don't know about always sarcastic, but uh, definitely, definitely some of the time. There's definitely like a baseline sarcasm there. Which is something that's been built into both of our lives, which is great for everybody trying to understand us. Well, you know, I mean, luckily we don't have a, an audio-only medium in which we meet people. <laughs> yeah, Ben probably thinks we're the biggest assholes. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a terrible theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I'm, I'm really excited to be included in uh, this week's edition of Why Philly Sucks. I mean, I feel like it's unfair to open with why Philly sucks when, when we, we don't yet have Philly correspondent on the line. That's his own fault. That if, he's not his here own to, fault. If, if he's not here to defend himself, we can just spend the next uh, 25 minutes just shitting on Philly. Uh, I mean, we can just talk about whether or not Joe Flacco's elite because that is relevant to Philly now. Are we talking like currently elite or was he ever elite? Schrodinger's elite quarterback. <laughs> Eli Manning. Eli Manning actually. Hold on, did, this is actually football related. Did you see that um, Peyton and Eli are going to have like a simulcast for Monday Night Football? No, but that's amazing. Yeah, no, no. no. I think it's just going to be like them watching the game, and like I, I assume it's going to like start out very professional, but like anything, by the middle of the second quarter, it's going to be two brothers dicking around. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. If if Eli actually has as much personality as his Twitter presence makes them out to have, uh, that should be amazing. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that, like, we've seen Peyton in, like, in the right circumstances, like, super charismatic. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think like, there's, like, a, a possibility there that this is, like, better. Like, you know those, like, really, really good uh, episodes of the uh, coaches' room for the national championship in college? Yep. Yeah, like, I think it could be that, but without, like, the deference that happens there. And, like, you just, like, like, if you could get, like, Dana Holgerson on drink three, I think that that's what, what we might be looking at here. I feel like Dana Holgerson on drink three is just the warm-up. You have to get to, like, well, it depends on, I guess, what he's drinking. If, if we're giving him a straight liquor, drink three might be it. If we're giving him a uh, beer, I feel like you have to get to, like, six to get any uh, anything new out of Dana. It's It's funny how much... In my mind, uh, Dana Holgerson's drinking ability is very similar to that of Letterkenny. Like, where he, like, like if he's going to drink, he's like, yeah, I could have eight beers. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I, I have to imagine that's the only way he does things. It's either, like, three shots and a couple of beers or a 12-pack, and there's no in-between. Right. And, and, like, also, like, he doesn't have, like, the problem that I think Lane has. Where Lane, if, if Lane goes to a bar, Lane, like, has that thing in the back of his head where he's like... Man, I have to get the Patron. Whereas Dana's like, nah, man. Nah, man. Old granddad. Let's go. Yeah, no. Dana's just drinking straight, like, high life. (laughs) How you doing, Tim? (laughs) Doing well. I I have no idea what I just walked in on, and I'm I'm excited to to get an explanation. All right. What what do you think Dana Holgerson drinks on a night out in, now Houston, but formerly Morgantown? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. He either is like, he either drinks like exclusively Jack Daniels 
or in like the middle of winter, he's like, hello, I will have a pina colada. I feel like there's no in between. <laughs> like he's, he's one of those two people. I can get yeah. behind that. The yeah. Other, I, I... The other one I want to talk about is uh, Jimbo Fisher. Do we think that Jimbo Fisher, when he got a $75 million contract, like upped his drinking game or is he still just no. hitting like, no, it's just PBRs, right? He's trying to get the lowest bill possible. Oh, absolutely. That yeah, dude, absolutely. That dude is, is drinking exclusively hams. He gets it imported from Wisconsin. That, that sounds too <laughs> expensive. I feel like he's going to the store and they're like, hello, we're running a deal on uh, Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. And he's like, yes, yes, all the champagne of beers. It's, uh, it's $9.99 for a 12-pack, which in New York City is good, but I guess probably not in uh, down in, in Texas. <laughs> in College Station, Texas? I assume yeah. Lone Star is like... 75 cents a can yeah i mean you have to assume that like and and maybe that's what what dana did like it's like he came to houston and like you know how like like uh like coaches like when they get there to to their new job they like do like super weird things like john l smith was like the l stands for lansing and it's like dude we know that the l stands for larry it's fine (laughs) um like you don't have to say the l stands for lansing we know like and, and before that it was like the l stands for louisville like, I can totally see Dana getting to Houston being like, man, nah, man, I drink exclusively Lone Star. And everybody's like, dude, we know it's bad. You don't have to drink it. No. How dare you? Lone Star is a gift to America. I, I remember driving out of Texas one time and there was a billboard that said it was a Lone Star billboard and it said Lone Star. If you can't find it, you're in a different country. <laughs> and I was like, that's, I was like, that's the most Texas advertising imaginable. <laughs> They're already, they're like trying to preface their secession already. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, as a heads up, uh, we do have a national beer. Um, We don't have a nation, but we do have a national beer. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So, so I I actually want to continue down this road. Uh, What, what do we think? Like, like if, if Jim Harbaugh drinks alcohol, which I'm not sure that he does, but uh, is it, is it too on the nose to say that he drinks exclusively milk stouts? I was going to say, yay. <laughs> no, I think it's milk stouts. I think that's right. And it's like like a confusion thing. Like he went to a bar once and he was like, I will have a milk. And they're like. Or a uh, white Russian. He, yeah. It's anything. That's what, he, that's what he does. When he goes to when he goes to any bar, it's like, I will have your finest milk drink. Uh, our finest what now? <laughs> but see, like it's, it's possible that like he was like super against white Russians until Donald Trump was elected. And then he was like, no, no, no. White Russians are good now. It's like, Jim, Jim, no, don't do that. You're taking lessons away here, sir. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, so the only other, like, let, let's, let's go through it. Nick Saban, I don't think drinks because it takes away from recruiting. Jack and Coke. I, I could see him like doing like a, I don't know if, if either of you watched Community, but there's that scene where Abed's like, I have to drink with you because Scorsese drank with De Niro. And like yeah. Nick Saban was like, I don't drink. And like some recruits father was like, you have a beer? And we're like, he's like, yes, I will have whatever beer you would like me to have. <laughs> um, and of course, as we mentioned, Lane Kiffin drinks exclusively Patron. Oh yeah. That definitely I, I wasn't here for that, but I, I don't I think that's that's one hundred percent accurate. And like like he drinks Patron like like even even if he knew that he was like going to a party in college and it's like ah, you put the, the, the Himador into the Patron bottle. He'd be like, no, 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 I, I need the Patron bottle. 
But you, uh, you yeah. think Lane Kiffin doesn't currently go to college parties? Yeah, that's that's gonna be my point. Also, he drinks Patron exclusively because Nick Saban one time told him that he hates Patron, and as has been previously mentioned, uh, Lane Kiffin's sole goal in life is to annoy Nick Saban. So, would you say that he's patronizing Nick Saban? How do I hang up this thing? <laughs> I don't think you have the ability to. Damn do it! He, do you think he drank like Casamigas before he got left on like the LA tarmac, and then was like, "No more of this Tinseltown tequila, only Patron <laughs> for me." I, I I like to believe that like that broke him in a specific way because like we knew like Lane at Tennessee and Lane at USC was was certainly like one thing, but I feel like he's like gone to an entirely different level ever since he got left on the tarmac because again. Lane Kiffin lost the game and, and didn't get a ride home. Um, but, like, after that, like, you, that has to change you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I also feel like that, like, changes a program. Like, if you're USC, you're, like, you're that program who left their coach on the tarmac. Like, I don't want to go coach at a school that would do that. <laughs> uh, well, I've got some good news. They will never have another opening because despite Clay Helton being on the Mark Rick Memorial hot seat, he's never getting fired. <laughs> yeah, Clay, Hel- Clay Helton just wins like nine games a year and it's just enough to – he shows just enough to not get fired. Uh, just to and, be clear uh, here, uh, he, went, he went 5-0 in conference last year. Did he really? Yeah. Uh, did he win the conference? Uh, I believe he got coveted out of the. Nope, that's he not lost the question. The... the question is, did he win the conference? He did not. He lost to our good COVID. friend Tim. You want to take this one? I, I don't actually remember last season. I really wasn't paying attention because it all seemed stupid. You don't. You don't remember your team winning a conference championship? I forgot it was over USC. I knew Oregon won, <laughs> but I, I I knew that somebody got coveted out. So I was figuring if they ran the table, it was them that had gotten coveted out. Uh, it was actually two teams that got coveted out. Washington and Stanford got coveted out. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Oregon Oregon went three and two and won won the conference, which is about as Pac twelve as it gets. Hey man, yes. a win is a win. Yeah, that we're gonna hang that conference banner, and in in twenty years, no one will know the difference. I didn't even remember the difference. I would have <laughs> thought that they went like four and one or something. Tim, come on, it's the Pac twelve. Nobody will remember in like three years. It's fair. I don't even remember now, so you know that's the kind of memory we're we're dealing with. Um, but but see, the crazy thing is, is that like you 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 look at uh, USC and they have um, they have sort of a good coaching staff. Like Clay Helton aside, um, their their DC is Todd Orlando, who had those uh, reasonable defenses at Texas and those really really good defenses at Houston. Uh, and their offensive coordinator is not Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, Graham <laughs> Harrell. Uh, who somehow, Graham Harrell, parlayed a job as the offensive coordinator at North Texas into the USC job. And then got, like, head coaching NFL, like, buzz, which was beyond confusing. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of crazy that, like, Mike Leach, who's, you know, the smartest idiot in college football or the dumbest smart person. I'm not really sure. Um, like has, has accidentally spawned like a massive coaching tree. Well, yeah. Cause he actually has good ideas, but he doesn't have like the wherewithal to follow through. So everybody else is, everybody else is just like, okay, I'm just going to take this and make it better. And, and just not be a complete and utter psychopath in a bad way. 
and people will like me and hire me. Well, like, let's, let's, isn't it so funny how we went from like, oh, Mike Leach, he's lovable. And it was like, I think a lot of it came because Craig James is like an abject, like, awful person. So we were like, ah, awful person over here. This other guy must be the good guy. Ah, he likes pirates. That's fun. And then you listen to him for more than like 30 seconds. And you're like, oh, no, no, no. This person's awful. Did you say awesome or awful? I said awful. Okay. I heard I awesome as well. Okay. Just scratching my head. To be clear here, Mike Leach, not a good person. No. Um, funny in a lot of ways, but not a, a, a great guy uh, to the uh, extent that we're aware of it. Um, but so, okay. So we actually like on the show notes, we were not supposed to talk college, but I, I, are, are we just going to like, just sort of plow through the free agency or just say, screw it. Let's go through which, uh, which drinks Mel Tucker likes. Good, good, good input guys. Hey man. I feel like, I feel like that's segment. more, uh, I feel like that's your wheelhouse. You should be telling us what he likes. Uh, all right. Well, what I'd like is, uh, a midwinter pina colada. But okay, so Dana Holmgrenson's too busy sucking them all down. There's, there's only so many. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have winter out there, so you don't get to have that. That's fair. Uh, okay, so so actually, I think the pina colada. I like. I, I don't know. Like, what do we think Nick Rolovich drinks? Because now we're we're on the Pac-12. Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich spent the 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 majority of his. Uh, I don't know if his life, but certainly his his formative years at the University of Hawaii. So what are we thinking? I mean, are we thinking pina coladas or are we think he like he goes the other way and like like drinks exclusively some like weird local liquor that we've never heard of? He he consumes poi mixed with vodka. That's the only thing I can think of. And it's also one of the most disgusting things I can think of. I'm sorry, what was that? I don't know what that is. Poi? It's yeah. like this ground it's like this ground root uh like I don't delicacy is probably not even the right word, but that is uh, specific to Hawaii and potentially other Polynesian cultures that is absolutely uh, vile in my opinion. Um, so is it, is it Hawaiian Malort? <laughs> no, it's, it's not an alcohol. It's like uh, food. Making, I think, yeah, I'm with Tim. I think he, random. I think I'm, I'm with Tim. I think he uh, steers into the local, local culture thing because, uh, Anybody who is not, you know, culturally Hawaiian, I feel like has to overcompensate when they get to Hawaii. For example, Cole McDonald. Cole McDonald had a farm. Uh, He also got dreads and a full tattoo sleeve of like Samoan (laughs) symbolism uh, within a year of being at Hawaii. Because when I hear McDonald, I think Paul and like the the funniest thing about him is that he 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 grew grew up in. uh, like LA County, yeah, Southern Cal. Uh, like inland LA County, uh, and then uh, you know, was like, oh, I'm gonna go to Hawaii. Cool. It was like red shirt year. He looked like any other. Apologies to him, Southern California bro. Uh, and then like by like you said, like by his like the middle of his junior year, it was like this dude was essentially saying that Johnny Tsunami is based on him, but in reverse. Yes, correct. Uh, he steered full on into that into that crash. So he drinks poi with uh, with vodka. Uh, so okay, so uh, and this one, Tim, this is near and dear to your heart. What does Chip drink? Chip Kelly. I feel like Chip is also the sort of person who would just be like 
drinking the most cost-effective thing in the world to get the job done. So, so we, we thinking just like, uh, well, well, like that could go both ways. Like, is he drinking Everclear? He, he's going to the bar and he's like, what do you have on special? And that's what he's drinking, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So like, he's just like, oh, you got, uh, you got sake bombs and this is an Irish bar. Great. Sake bombs. Let's go. Yes. Because putting like square pet and, and, and I'm now speaking specifically to his NFL experience because, uh, you know. Square pegs and round holes is uh, kind of exactly what his free agent uh, approach was. In fact, he might even be willing to pay more for uh, something that doesn't work in his offense. <coughs> DeMarco Murray. <coughs> <laughs> um, okay, so going through the list, uh, Herm, I assume, drinks exclusively holy water. That's not, that's, uh, that's not Herm. That's uh, what Dungey. You're confusing Herm and Dungey, uh, I think. Herm, Herm one time said that he would have no mention of devils in his opening press conference. Oh, well, <laughs> no. And dude works at a school whose mascot is devils. Yeah. I feel like he didn't do a whole lot of research before he took that job then. Uh, that is no, I also, I also feel like he didn't read up on the uh, NCAA rules uh, in the last couple of years, given all the hot water they are currently in. Yeah. Hello. Well, it gets hot in both Tempe and hell. And to be honest, I don't know which one is which. Because if you've ever been to Tempe, Arizona in the summer, it is hell. It is not a fun place. No. Um, as, I, assume as Bobby, you're, uh, <laughs> I assume you're speaking temperature-wise rather than uh, you know making any statements that might offend all of our viewers in the Tempe area. Uh, at me, bros. At me. Your city is a, is a, is a testament to, God, to man's arrogance against God. I was gonna say, as Bobby Hill once said, <laughs> uh, I think it was it was uh, it was Peggy. I, yeah, yeah, I knew uh, it as soon as I said it. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, like, I think I think Peggy said it's a, what what is the actual quote? It's um, it's like you know, it's, it's 115 degrees. Why do people live here? And it's like it's a testament to to, to man's arrogance and an affront to God. Something um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham drinks. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's a member of the church of what he is. Uh, so he doesn't drink. He drinks Pepsi or Diet Pepsi. Yeah, come on. Caffeine, get out of here. Caffeine-free Diet Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and so the, the last of the, the Pac-12 that I want to talk about is, of course, of course, our favorite head coach, Judd Fish who is, as, you, as, as a reminder, for those of you who might not remember, uh, Jed Fish is the head coach of Arizona. It's not Kevin Sumlin. Jed Fish was college roommates with our good friend. Tim, do you know? I do not know. Howie Roseman. Was he really? Yeah, they both went to, to University of Florida uh, and uh, lived together together. Uh, in college and uh jed fish all he wanted to do in life was work for steve spurrier and i really hope steve spurrier never learned that fact because i don't think jed fish would ever get here the end of it but can you imagine if spurrier heard that someone actually like looked up to him you don't think that he goes through life thinking that like yeah i'll admit that right now i want to work for steve spurrier yeah, but like Steve Spurrier, if you ever actually worked for Steve Spurrier, he would just follow you around and be like, is this fun yet? You having fun? And you'd just be like, go walk my dog. You having fun? Is this what you wanted? 
I'm not going to pretend to do his accent. I can't do. I can't do Steve Spurrier. I don't think anybody can. You have to be like three whiskey, three bourbons deep, and with a drawl. Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, oh, Steve Spurrier obviously drinks exclusively bourbon because uh, he because he would say, "Well, I own Kentucky, so why wouldn't I drink their bourbon?" Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like like I, or, or no no. He drinks he drinks uh, Jack Daniels because he can say. Jet, uh, Tennessee whiskey, man, it's the only thing that's given me a headache from Tennessee ever. <laughs> uh, but Jed Fish, who you'll remember from such luminaries as being on Jim Harbaugh's staff, uh, current head coach of the University of Arizona, um, from New Jersey, attended Florida. So given what we know about those three facts, worked under Harbaugh, from New Jersey, went to Florida uh, voluntarily. What are we thinking? Because I'm thinking that this dude drinks exclusively exclusively high-end whiskeys but doesn't appreciate them you know like the type of guy who's like oh yeah i'm gonna have some johnny walker blue and someone at the table's like dude have you ever had it it's not that good he's like no no no, (laughs) it's the best it's like dude it's not it's it's not that good looking at his uh coaching route that actually kind of checks out it looks like he's constantly trying to chase like the next great gig and just doesn't manage doesn't manage to grab it, and I'm not sure if he's aware of like the pattern forming there and what it says about him. Uh, he was, and and somehow he went from being the quarterback, the quarterbacks coach in New England last year to being the head coach uh, in college. Did did people watch New England's quarterback play last year? It it wasn't good. No, it wasn't. But uh, I guess he used the Cam had COVID excuse <laughs> to to get the Arizona head coaching job. Yep. And, and Sidham was like, you know, he, he was developing, guys. He, he just needed another year. He just <laughs> needed another year. <laughs> another um, year learning under Mac Jones. <laughs> McCorkle Jones. McCor- uh, yeah, use his full name. Uh, okay, and uh, the Ducks, what, what, does, uh, what does our good friend uh, Mario drink? I feel like he drinks, like, vodka Red Bulls. Like, he's just, like... <laughs> He is such an intense dude, and he's always so hyped up that whatever he's drinking is, like, just packed with caffeine. I was going to say rum. Rum? Yeah. He's from Miami. He right? is from Miami. I, I could see him being, uh, like, someone who, who drinks, like, exclusively mojitos, but he puts, like, coffee in his mojitos. Like, or <laughs> caffeine pills, rather. It, is, like... is he Thad Castle? Is he Thad Castle? Is he uh, not? <laughs> yeah, do you have any evidence that he's not? <laughs> I mean, or he drinks well, like uh, espresso martinis. I, see, I, the thing is, is that dude went to to the U after playing high school at Columbus High in Miami. This dude yes. is not drinking martinis. No, no that's right. I'm no. saying he drinks he drinks rum. There's some form of rum involved there. Whether or not he has espresso, I don't know enough about mixology. Uh, know this, but there's got to be a rum drink that has some form of coffee mixed in. Or he just spikes Cuban coffee with rum and goes balls to the wall 100% of the time. I've never heard of somebody spiking coffee with rum, but yeah, I can see it. Uh, A a quick Google will tell you that there are uh, something called a Jamaica coffee, which is coffee and rum and uh, more coffee. (laughs) Wait, hold on. This is awesome. Wait a second. I've been ordering that from the little cart down the street uh, for the last three years. You're telling me I've been getting drunk in the mornings? Uh, I, I, 
I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah, what are you complaining about? That sounds like an upgrade. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to get sued from a practice. (laughs) Dude, seriously, listen to this. Listen to this drink. It is uh, uh, a shot of dark rum, a shot of coffee-flavored liqueur, a cup of coffee, two tablespoons of whipped cream, parentheses, optional, one (laughs) chocolate-covered coffee bean. This thing... Is 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 Mario Cristobal? This is no longer a Jamaica coffee. It's a Mario Cristobal. <laughs> it sounds I like think, it sounds I like, like the, somebody's he... low budget attempt at a uh, four loco knockoff. I like to think that he takes his with whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it's like and and like you can see him being like a, a guy who's like you know in in you know, late eighties, early nineties, Miami, where he played with uh, the rock. I think that they overlapped, which is awesome. Uh, like he, like one day was walking, walking down, you know, in Coral Gables and somebody's like, Hey man, we're going to have some, uh, some Jamaica coffees before practice. And it was like, you know, walk-ons or backups. And Mario was like, yeah, let's do it. And he got it. He was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, and that, that's how he learned how much uh, that he loved Jamaica coffees. Now, I don't want to imply that Mario Cristobal is entirely like Thad Castle because I don't want to get sued, but there is a scene <laughs> where Thad Castle says something similar, not about Jamaica coffee, but about something that is currently uh, illegal north of the border. Not saying that Mario Cristobal has ever done cocaine. I don't think that he has, but he was in Miami in the late 80s, so you know. I was going to say, which, which one of those two are you more afraid of being sued by, Mario Cristobal or... The creator of Fat Castle. Mario Cristobal does not sue. He he simply rips your spine away from your from the rest of your body. Yeah, like maybe maybe Mario, who's a longtime listener of the pod, Mario. The next big, time you're in great Southern fan, California, big fan of the pod. <laughs> next time you're in Southern California recruiting, because you are uh, apparently the best Southern California recruiter uh, on the West Coast, uh, Clay. Um, uh, if you want to come by and rip my spine out of my out of my throat. Uh, you know, Mortal Kombat style, please don't. We, it's, it's all in good fun. Uh, I don't have anything to offer you, but uh, I can make you a Jamaica coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so just, just staying with, with uh, the University of Oregon, get, since we have our, our uh, correspondent with us, the, uh, what do you think of the Dutch... Hello, hello, Man, the, the, uh, male person's here. The, okay. the dogs do not like the University of Oregon. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, are dogs huskies? don't. Are those huskies? <laughs> no. Uh, border collie and two dachshund mixes. Okay. I, I was thinking they might be huskies given the reaction there. No, they're just very vocal. Okay. That's fine. Uh, so, so, what do we think uh, the duck drinks? The duck itself? Yes, puddles. Tim, that's yours, buddy. I, I am. I am. Think I have never thought of this before. What would a duck drink? Uh, and, and and I'll also give you the opportunity to give you to give your your opinion on Robo Duck. I think that that one's a little more obvious. Um, I think I think the duck drinks scissor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's possible. Uh, show your work. I'm not saying you're wrong, but show your work. I, I, I have seen the duck do like the fizz dance and various other uh, things that would be in that vicinity that I think that the duck is just sucking down scissor. 
Uh, I think it explains a lot about his personality, his or her personality. I don't actually know the gender of the duck or, or they. Um, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to gender the duck. I mean, this is a duck who who got suspended for a game because he beat up the mascot for another team, not in a jestful manner. <laughs> doesn't seem like a guy or girl who makes great decisions. Well, I think I think that we have. We, is it canonical that the Robo Duck, uh, the 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 egg that Robo Duck Duck emerged from, was from Puddles? I I don't know the answer to that. Uh, Robo Duck is. We no, we try um, to pretend Robo Duck didn't happen. So. <laughs> uh. So wait, did I did I just hear that we resurrected Robo Duck? What Robo Duck? Robo Duck is back, man. Uh, did you know the RoboDuck actually had a name, apparently? Really? <laughs> Mandrake. Yeah, I, I did know that. <laughs> also known, a.k.a. RoboDuck, a.k.a. Duck Vader, a.k.a. <laughs> I think, actually, like, whoever came up with him got super pissed off when everybody called him RoboDuck instead of Mandrake. And it was like, no, his name's Mandrake. And everyone's like, no, he is RoboDuck. <laughs> uh, I think the funniest part of RoboDuck is RoboDuck has an eight-pack. You're like, what? was why is this why is this duck have an eight like what is he doing all day that he has an eight pack whereas like puddles puddles uh, has a gut he's 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 like i eat bread what is your deal mandrake <laughs> uh hold on are, are we saying that um that the pete carroll jim harbaugh feud was actually inspired by puddles versus robo duck what's your deal bro <laughs> i don't know if inspired by i i don't want to take anything away from from that amazing confrontation and uh and hatred and trying to attribute it to anything else other than like two insane coaches one slightly more insane than the other which one's slightly more insane (laughs) i'm I'm going with harbaugh with the the screaming response i don't know man pete carroll (laughs) believes that 9-11 was an inside job did not know that wait you don't know that yeah 9-11 truther why would <laughs> I just imagine that anytime you get a coaching job in the Pac-12, they make you pick sides between Puddles and Mandrake. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, okay, like here's your HR form. Yep, this is uh, your direct deposit. Here's and, your badge. Uh, and uh, what what? Uh, where do you uh, where do you fall on the uh, the Puddles versus Mandrake debate? Who's Mandrake? Oh, sorry, RoboDuck. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I think I think this podcast is is firmly puddles, yeah. If it's not, uh, I will no longer be a friend of the pod. Uh, then I think officially we're we're pro puddles. Definitely pro puddles. Mandrake looks like something out of a uh, what do you call it? Steampunk nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, he cut there. I knew. He was- Special thank you to our guest Ben, who you can find on Twitter at bl herald or on them internets at halfspaces.com. You should really check out halfspaces.com. Ben does a really good job of in-depth review of each game and uh, gives uh, scores, so it's easy to compare across games, Uh, as well as Tim, who I don't think you can find on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, however, at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, where we're talking... Football, football, debating whether or not the Olympics matters with various fans of a certain nation to the south of America. 
um, and everything else. Uh, we are not yet on Instagram. We're working on it. We'll get there. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as the Anchor app. And a special thank you to you, the listeners. Um, we, we wouldn't be able to do this without you guys. Um, so please like, subscribe, give us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Sports Social Podcast Network.